This is Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. My guest right now is uh, Jay Bradley Johnson. Now, I was scouring and searching, and you don't, I think you have one published full collection of your work, but that was by Stéphane Blanchette in France, right? Yeah, that wasn't a collection, though. That was a mini comic. Oh, okay. That never came out here, but um, that was the most I ever got paid for a comic. <laughs> God bless the French. And it was, I think it was, tw- he did a series of those. You've probably seen something from that series. I think they're I have. Like, they're like, they look kind of like chick tracks, you know? They're like horizontal format. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was 28 pages or so. And the cover's like different material? Or was it oh, just it was one story. My thing, it was one long. No, no, I mean the, uh. Oh, like but his different things. Yeah, different artists. Each artist would do one story. Because I've got a Blanchette thing that might be. The same from the same series that my friend gave me. Well, Stephen Blanquet was the um. Oh, Blanquet, sorry. The editor that that published it. Yeah, but I think like he may have done his own. So he had some of his own books, maybe. Yeah. I remember uh, Henrietta Valium came out at the same time as mine. I think. Mm-hmm. A fine Canadian talent. Yeah, uh, I don't remember exactly all the other ones, but there were several. That was around 1995 or something, I think. Okay. I remember because I had um. I believe my uh, son was a uh, baby at that point, and I was really uh, looking forward to getting the money. And uh, the way it worked out, because I was working at Last Gasp at that time, um, Last Gasp owed Stefan Blanquet some money, and Stefan Blanquet owed me the money. And uh, Eric, who worked at uh, Last Gasp, knew this situation, and he um, short circuited the the whole uh, cycle and paid me the money that was owed to Blanquet. <laughs> and I ended up getting a phone call at like three in the morning with this guy yelling at me in French. I couldn't understand a word. And it was about like he wanted his money that I had been paid, <laughs> which I had already spent at that point. Yeah. That can be a little uh, a little hairy. That was fun. 
was I, I was supposedly published uh, five thousand copies of that book, but after the after the dozen copies uh, sold from Last Gasp, I never saw another one. Well, was it in English or French? On uh, mine, it was in English, but it's it wasn't English. distributed here really. No. Except for Last Gasp, had a few copies. But they get everything, or they did. Yeah, well, they especially got French stuff at that time because we had the French guy working there. He's not there anymore. Now, when when did you start out doing comics? What was your some of your early stuff? Well, I I wasn't too serious about it. I used to draw, you know, probably like most cartoonists. I liked doing it when I was a kid, and um, my first thing I had a couple illustrations published in a local paper when I was in Boston. And that was when I was going to college in about 1981, and I was 20. 20 no, 81, I would have been 22, 21, 22. And then from there, it's just like been a slow trickle mm-hmm. up until the present. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, like, uh, preparing for this and finding your strips. I mean, you've got stuff in Snake Eyes, Kramer's uh, Ergot... Um, I think you got something when the hot wires. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I tried to be in. A, I've tried to be in all of them, but I've failed. Except for I think it's just the one story. Out of. Uh, I've started and just because I'm so it's so like hard to, to get time to finish things these days. Mm-hmm. That's my excuse anyway. <laughs> I've started these things that haven't been finished lately. So I was gonna have a five-page thing in the latest one that's coming out, but I didn't finish it in time. But yeah, I was in the. What did I have in Hotwire? I had a, a kind of a weird one of. It's uh, a big dilemma. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you like? What were some of the early anthologies you're in? And uh, kind of, what was some of your influences going into that? Uh, I used to do. I started out just doing mini comics. Okay. I guess you would say. Was what were my influences? I liked, I think I liked stuff that most people who were. Well, there's a lot of people that like the stuff I like. <laughs> Seems like that my mom drew comics. Not too many people are fans of hers. What? Who's your mom? But my mom, which it's unknown, but she, you know, she did. She had uh, stuff in her high school yearbook, and she keeps a sketchbook still. And she, um, she paints, and she did. When I was a kid, she was trying to hustle her own line of greeting cards that were these ink drawings that reminded me a little of Virgil Parch or something. The way she her lines were, she draws with a fountain pen, and I always thought that was pretty fun. I was an asthmatic little kid, and she would um, she would be with me when I was at the doctor's all the time, and we'd draw. That's kind of what I remember, like thinking, yeah, this is a fun thing to do. We used to do like a graffiti on the wallpaper and try to blend in with it. The doctor had all these uh, murals of Roman scenes and we would add things to it and try <laughs> to make them look like they belonged. <laughs> you ever get busted? No. Hopefully. So she was really kind of important in your own kind of getting into comics? Just a, having a feeling of a personal connection to the drawing, I think that's part of it, but just being an asthmatic kind of introverted kid. I liked the stuff that kids liked in those days, like, you know, Charlie Brown and 
I liked uh, I didn't like the superhero stuff. I liked the Harvey comics and uh, gag comics of all kinds, Dennis the Menace and all that stuff. But by the time I got got to be an adult, thinking that uh, I should put them out there, by that time I think R. Crumb, like most people my age would probably say, was the big influence. Mm-hmm. And you were published in an issue of Weirdo, eh? Was that yeah, some of your well, I had a letter works? in the first Weirdo. Really? Or a line from a letter or something. Relettered by Crumb? Yeah, where I said, my quote was, it's not the greatest book around. <laughs> 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 or that was, no, that was number three, I guess. So yeah. I, I, have this, I still have this fantasy that there's all these great things out there, but they're not really there. How do you mean? So thinking that Weirdo wasn't the greatest book around because I could imagine better ones I guess but it probably was the best thing around but <laughs> at that point it was kind of a competition between Weirdo and Raw yeah like and I kind of sided with the Weirdo which what? I really like the um what I like about comics is the freedom to imagine things for mm-hmm. one individual to do it you know yeah well it seems like in your work you're kind of going into this other world yeah I have my uh, I don't have it as strong as I did I don't think right now but I have my strongly imagined inner world yeah and I don't like spend as much time there as I used to but uh, it's still there it's like all the characters you have all these characters the different characters all seem to kind of interact in the same kind of bleak environment well there's a couple different environments I've got my urban and my and the rural. fishing? I think my rural one is not too bleak. No. But the urban is very bleak. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, so, yeah, how I got going. I, my first job here, I moved to San Francisco thinking I'd do music mainly. I was mostly doing music back then. which I, That's kind of been more my focus than drawing over the years. I moved here and was um, working. I got a job working in this place in the mailroom. And uh, I had a little bit of downtime in there, and I would draw a page every day and mail it to my friend. Wow. And uh, I got a stack of those, like, I don't know, maybe 75 or pages or something. And they were all just kind of sketched off, and I only spent an hour or two on each one. But it gave me a kind of a sense that I could do it. I'd been keeping sketchbooks until then, too, but at that point I kind of started evolving into wanting to share these things more, and I used a lot of those and a lot of sketchbook pages to start doing mini-comics. I just copy them off. I did a, two issues of one called Itchy Scaly, and I did a bunch of little minis back then in the 80s used to always have a, a new one in my pocket to hand out. Just but I was never trying to make money with them, and I kind of had this ideal of not making money with it, mm-hmm. which <laughs> brought me where I am today. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, that interesting, that transition, you'd been doing sketchbooks for a long time, um, mm-hmm. and then changing to actually like doing something and just sending it to your friend. Was that kind of... Uh, a realization, or I don't know, necessary realization. I don't want to make it too fancy, 
um, but like a step in instead of kind of just being an internalized introverted just artistic creation to kind of opening yourself up more yeah well I it's kind of just a realizing that time is passing and I'm an adult now and I don't want to just be like I had these crazy uncles who never really came out of of uh, they they were living at home all their lives and stuff so I didn't want to be as introverted as the insane person is so uh, yeah just at some point I had to um, put something out in the world and try to connect although I still haven't connected as fully as uh, some people might what kind of connection do you expect to make with comics yeah I don't know (laughs) I, I mean, it's this kind that I get when I see somebody else's, you know, it's a connection. You see, yeah. you, can, you, you can feel uh, some kind of kinship or some kind of uh, recognition when you see a drawing that somebody's done with their hands. So I like the hand-drawn uh, look at things. Your work is interesting because um, there is, I do see a kind of connection within a certain community um, kind of being coming from the same areas like Gary Panter or um, Fuzz and Pluck. Uh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Honestly. Who's that? Who? Oh, can't remember? I can't. It's This is bothering me. The guy that does Fuzz and Pluck. Oh, yeah. Ted, Ted, Ted Stern. Stern. Yeah. Like, it seems like... Um, no, Ted, Ted Stern. Yeah. And it seems like kind of in the same kind of I yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I, well, Panner's an influence for sure, as he is on a lot of people, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, so I try if I if I recognize that I've drawn something that looks too much like it, maybe I'll. I'm usually not aware of it when I'm ripping off somebody's style, but if I notice it, you know, maybe I'll change what I'm doing. Well, I don't see. See, the thing is, I, I, I want to be careful. I'm not saying that. Yeah. No. Well, it, I was drawing a lot before I yeah. knew about him, but I'm sure he's had an effect. Hopefully, you get enough different people to have an effect on you and then you ha- you're not swayed from what you're really supposed to draw like. What, I, what I'm seeing is that you, you all seem to be kind of addressing some of the same ideas. It's a hand-drawn line. I like, you know, uh, I like pen lines that have a little variation in them. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Uh, we probably like the same stuff. Yeah. People you're thinking of. We'll take the rings off your fingers As if they were tears Find a new silver lining To put a polish on your golden years All the clever talk and the glamour Bright lies you don't hear anymore You got so far out All you want is a tide to take you back to the shore Take courage, take courage Step aside You used to wait 
Tell me about the. Uh, you got a couple things in the Kramer's Regards. You got uh, an extensive amount of stuff in the fifth Kramer's Regard. And that material, it's all earlier stuff, was it? It is pretty earlier. Not that he was trying to find earlier stuff, but that's what most of my stuff is, because the last, you know, 10, 15 years I haven't really drawn as much. Mm-hmm. So he just wanted to do a collection, so I sent him everything I could find, and he picked out what he wanted to use. Now is all this stuff just, has it been seen printed elsewhere or is it just in here? No, most of it's, a lot of it's been printed elsewhere. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. it's not often they actually do that in Kramer's. Yeah. Most of the time it's all he, new. He, um, I, I feel honored that he uh, likes my stuff. Or that he, they. Because um, I like all the Kramer stuff a lot. Yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic uh, book as a, I doubt many would argue. Now tell me about the uh, strip in the big Kramers. Um, 
what you had in mind going into that and what it turned into. <laughs> yeah, it's two different things, believe it or not. Um, I just knew it was going to be a big page, so I kind of got a big idea. And as I actually drew it, the idea got smaller, but it was still kind of big mm -hmm. page-wise. I was trying to get a... Well, I don't know if I can really describe what I was trying to get. It was it was going to be like up one side and down the other, to like different conceptions of time. Like down on the left side, it's new girl was really taking his time, and down the right side was going to be the other guy who's in a big hurry all the time. And kind of how your life is the same length, whether you're hurrying or not, you mm -hmm. get to the end, at the bottom. Well, it definitely felt like they were paralleling each other yeah. really nicely. Now, is that your first time doing color work like that? I've done a few color pages, not that often, but um, one of my um, jobs at Last Gas before I left there was I got to color some of Crumb stuff that we were publishing. Oh, nice. And that was, I think I had like 40 megabytes of RAM or something <laughs> to color comics for print. And it was kind of a challenge. Can you imagine doing that now with Photoshop? <laughs> like pick out a couple of places that would have the same color of yellow and you know get the little selection tool and fill them in and then I'd go get something to drink and come back and see if it was done filling them in yet <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I color I like to color stuff on the on the computer and give it still that flat color that old comics have it must have been a little daunting going and coloring someone like crumb well I, you know I love his stuff I don't know, think it really came out that great, but he was involved. So he he had like a water... I don't know why he didn't just use the watercolor thing to be the cover that looked great, but he did a watercolor sketch of how he wanted the stuff to look. <laughs> and that he wanted it done on the computer because that's how it's being done now. <laughs> that's interesting. I'd never heard about that. That was for one of the... The last hub that last guest did. Oh, He's got okay. the guy wearing boots on the front. And then there's a couple other pages... And then there was uh, some other stuff I last gasped that I colored, but anyway, I feel comfortable coloring stuff. My, it's kind of where my day job can meet with my drawing, but, you know, on my day job, I'm in Photoshop a lot. What is it that you do Which is during the day? I, I do website stuff. I mean, I make flash animations and, you know, more front-end kind of website things. I work at a big agency right now. I freelanced for a lot of years. Making websites pretty? Yeah. But anyway, I would like to not spend too much time in Photoshop when I'm doing my drawing. I'd rather just draw it on paper and end up with a nice paper drawing. Mm -hmm. Well, it kind of takes away from the uh, the whole feeling of drawing and creating, right? Well, you can be, you can have fun creating and drawing on a computer too. Yeah. I use a Wacom tablet and can draw pretty good on that, but I get my eyes get tired of looking at a screen. The flickering lights. <laughs> yeah. Do you still um, kind of have the same idea of what you're getting out of your comics now as you did before, or approaching them differently at all? Well, Other than to, time to get anything done, I have to be more focused than I used to be. Yeah. And I used to have more time to just kind of let my mind wander and 
fill up reams of notebook paper with doodles. But now if I have something in mind, like trying to get something published, I kind of have to focus on it. So, I, And I also have, I'm, it's been my goal for a long time to try to actually write stories that have a beginning and an end, and I haven't really ever done that very well. But it was was it more like a sub or a conscious? It was more stream of conscious, you know, yeah. or more just like I would start drawing it and see where it was going, and just kind of go by intuition about where it might go. Whereas now I'd like to do something longer and more structured. Were you drawing straight with ink without penciling, or? Oh, sometimes that wouldn't come out that well. Usually, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would pencil. I think it works better for stuff that I think came out better. I would maybe sketch a few, uh, pencil in a few panels loosely, and then have some things being inked as some were being penciled, and just kind of get it done. Just let it show itself. Yeah. Seems you like do the try to do the word leap, figure out what the words were going to be. If I, once I can do that, and I know what the what they're saying, then the rest comes easily. But then all, there's always a few panels that I know what it's supposed to look like, but I don't know what the dialogue's going to be. It's like the old uh, the old Kirby Lee technique. Oh yeah, draw, I don't know what draw the like. comic, and then uh, Stan Lee would put in the dialogue. Like that. But they knew what the dialogue was already, didn't they? Not depends. Really. Depends. Like uh, the, I think a lot of stuff, especially later, they got along. It would just Kirby would just draw it. Stan Lee would. Like um, not knowing what's happening, I guess you have. A they, they'd have a rough story. Uh, I'm pretty sure with the um, a lot of the later Spider-Mans with Ditko, mm -hmm. those were Ditko would just do them and then just give them to Stanley to do the dialogue. Huh. Well, I've been trying once in a while. I try to read some of that stuff that people say is good, but I don't usually have much patience for it. But I did. I have enjoyed some Kirby stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's there's a certain aspect of if that was something you grew up with, where that interest would come in. Yeah. But I don't think someone who, say, has been reading underground comics or whatever would suddenly go and want to read a Jack Kirby Fantastic Four. I don't think it lends itself that well to that, I guess, reversal and looking at stuff. I don't know. I mean, Art Spiegelman doesn't like Kirby. Well, it's not. It's not very highbrow. He wants. He looks for something a little more sophisticated, huh? Yeah. He's more of the the EC Kurtzman camp of work. So. But Gary Panner always talks about Jack Kirby, and I can kind of see it through those eyes, which is more like just kind of the stoner take on it, or something. Yeah, I mean, with with Kerb, with Panther, I mean, he grew up with it, and there's that certain monstrousness that he loves. Yeah, and this it's like just, it's just the drawing is pretty great. Yeah, I, I think that the whole cosmic ideas that Kirby goes through yeah. really reverberate with a lot of what Panther's doing. For sure. One thing I notice is uh, a lot of fishing scenes. Fishing. I spend a lot of time fishing. Yeah. Fishing seems like a good situation to be in. It's a good relaxing technique. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, Snookerolo goes fishing a bit, and then I got w Wicker 
So he's kind of in the same world. It happens here and there. Fishing, yeah. Good situation. And see, some people have your desert island situation or your, uh, yeah, your stock comic situations. I haven't really seen that many fishing ones, come to think of it. But it seems like it should be one of the stock. It should be, but it's not. Oh. Don't know why. Now, on the, uh, the one part of you that does comics and the other part, you do a lot of music. Am I right? Well, I do less of that now as well. I do yeah. less comics and less music, but that's what I started out, my two uh, things. Um, but I still do them both. Yeah. On a, on a smaller scale. Um, my wife and I have had the band Virginia Dare since about 91 or so. We played a few shows this year, but we don't do much with it. Um I've been playing trombone in an Oktoberfest band lately. Oh, I'm wow. Busy this month. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> is that an instrument you've been playing for a while, or is it just something that you wanted to take on? Uh, well, I played, it in, uh, I played it when I was a kid. I played it in sixth grade and in high school, a little bit in college. Then I didn't play it for a long time. Then I saw this band, and then didn't realize that this friend of mine was playing in it. And uh, he said, yeah, you should get your, get a trombone and, and join us. We need trombones. <laughs> so I did. That's been good. This is going to be kind of polka-esque. We do polkas. We do, uh, you know, waltzes, marches, concert pieces. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a big band. It's like over, it's usually uh, 20, 23 people. Oh, wow. So it's like a... There's a couple of trombones, tubas, clarinets. Trumpets? Trumpets, for sure. Claren uh, All the T's. There's a French horn, which I think is helping a lot. We didn't have one at first. It provides a whole different sound dynamic. Yeah. But Virginia Dare, it's kind of... It's definitely not the same type of music. It's a lot more... Uh, no, that's not Oktoberfest. No. No, my wife does... She's, she's not a Oktoberfest. <laughs> She's not going to be out drinking <laughs> steins of beer. <laughs> no. So, um, and then I was, I was in a bunch of bands in my day. But that, again, is a thing that you got to have some time to do it well. And uh, I don't know how people do that and live as adults in San Francisco because it's really expensive to live here. Mm -hmm. Or someone like Eric Reynolds who does comics and music and... Yeah, and really put the time into it all. I had a, a friend who's like 13 years old, and he, he was doing his self-published comics, and at one point he said, no, Brad, I've decided that, that I need to focus on my music. I'm not going to do any more comics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're way, you're way ahead of me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've never been able to do that. I've never been quite as focused as I need to be to get anywhere. With <laughs> it takes a lot of gumption. <laughs> Did working at Last Gas really uh, get you more into the comics world, or was that kind of a byproduct of getting into comics? Uh, well, I was already really into comics, but it didn't... Uh, I don't know if it really helped or hurt me to be a Last Gas. It was kind of around, and I got to see a lot of covers to a lot of comics. Yeah. 
it was just kind of a coincidence that I started working there. It was so, I met somebody in a band that, that said, you know, I told her I needed a job, and she said, well, you should come into where I work. I think they'll, you know, they'll hire anybody that can do data entry. I said, okay, where do you work? And she's like, oh, it's, that, it's this publisher called Last Gasp. Of course, I know what it was. I'd already been published in Weirdo. Yeah. But working there, it was it was kind of a boring office job as far as the work goes. And some of the people were interested in comics, but most of them weren't really. That's too bad. I mean, they kind of they kind of would like them maybe, but uh, the they work is you know it's shipping and receiving and yeah, you know it's not like sitting around and drawing. And it's what you see at work, so do you want to see it when you're at home, I guess? Yeah, and I was kind of disappointed that, you know, Ron doesn't spend his time reading comics. No. He's, I like him, but he's, it's kind of the reality of owning a business is that you don't probably spend a lot of time reading comics. Well, they've gone, I don't even know if they still do comics. No, comics, it's not really, it doesn't seem like that's really a... They do, like, fancy art books now. They don't make money with anymore, really. But does anybody... Publish comic books to make money. <laughs> I don't think so. They publish like <laughs> books, right? Yeah. Last Gasp does a lot of uh, distribution, and they publish a lot of art books. Mm-hmm. I think I got the uh, big Joel Coleman book. That was something they did. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Yeah, they're doing. They're getting some nice books. I try to stop by there still every couple of months or something. See what's going on. Yeah. Well, it's still uh, one of the better distributors for uh, comics. If you want the good, obscure stuff. Yeah, I'm glad to see him still making a go of it. So, and it, so nothing new for the next while, but if people want to check out your stuff, probably easiest to find in the second Hot Wire and the most recent Kramers. Kramers. There's still... I had a, some Snoop Gorilla pages reprinted in the... Um, Ivan Brunetti's anthologies. Oh, and the schizos, that's yeah. right. The Yale, or no, not the, the Yale, schizos, the I Yale. Mean, the Yale uh, yeah. Collections. Are you a couple in pages of Snoop Grollo. Are you in both of them or just... It's in both of them. Wow. I don't know if it's the same ones that were in Kramer's or not. I can't quite remember. That must have been pretty nice to be included. So that's those, nice, yeah. That's something those are really nice collections. Kind of gives you a sense of... Because uh, they're such complete books that kind of really capture a chunk of comics. Yeah. It's very inclusatory when you're in there. You're part of a club. Yeah, another another time when I was glad to get the book. I probably wouldn't have, might not have bought it otherwise, but it's, it, those are great books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a few odds and ends laying around with my stuff, but the Kramers that had the, the collection, that was probably the best thing. The Kramers 5 with the yeah. lovely CF cover. Yeah. So I've got plans to do more stuff, but I'm not getting it done very much. No. Let's see, you know, maybe once my my uh, once I retire. <laughs> <laughs> Comics is a mean beast. There's, it, it it gives no rest. Well, do you draw comics? No. You're just a fan, huh? I'm just a fan. I'm a big old dork. Well, I'd like, I've enjoyed listening to some of this stuff on your side. I haven't listened to all of it. Oh, don't worry. There's probably too much at this point. <laughs> There's a lot. Sometimes I'm amazed at how long you can talk or how long an interview can be. But it's the same thing I feel like when I read Comics Journal or something. like. It's incredible that it's, uh, fun. it can be that long of a conversation. 
Uh, and you know, I appreciate because you uh, you sent me email when I first started the show, I think. Oh, really? About your music, yeah. Like within the first year, I know. I was just like, oh, you got to have my music. <laughs> something like that. I think so. It's like, hey, I do music. Check it out or something like that. Huh. And I like playing your music. It's always fun to be able to kind of show that other aspects of cartoons, cartoons lives, huh. where yeah. the music, you know, is, you know, it's a really different interesting thing like I've got some panter music uh, you know Pete Bags music lots of different folks yeah there's a lot music. of cartoons that do music huh? you'd think for uh, a bunch of people like to hide from the world and draw wouldn't have uh, music wouldn't be one of them but it is uh, quite a substantial part now I've seen kind of slowly gathering t- together a collection of stuff so. yeah I I listen to some of the stuff you had on there for music too that was good um, probably could do another one next month because uh, we're doing a funding drive here so it's always good to have stuff like that um, but I think I'm done with my questions there okay thanks Brad sure thanks and uh, like, yeah thanks for taking the time to chat with me and uh, as always I enjoy your comics and hope to see more coming out at some point Okay, I'll let you know. <laughs> Do it just for me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Fred. All right. to the same. 